0: Welcome to Envisioned Broadcasting, the station designed to encourage, equip, and empower you for growth and success presents When They Hear Us, an author's movement, a show that provides authors a platform to share their voice with the world. When They Hear Us, with Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley, begins now.
1: Hello, everyone. You are in for a treat. You're listening to when they hear us, I'm the host, Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley. I am the chief elevation officer of the Leaders Innovative Growth Solutions, and I am also the founder and the CEO of Ballstub Lead Leaders, a nonprofit corporation, five hundred one c three. We have someone from Barbados on the show today. Her name is Keisha Rock. First and foremost, she is a woman of God. Yes, I love it. And she has released a new book. It is one that's great, you guys. Releasing the Past. Oh, I cannot wait for her to talk about this book. (laughs) I would like to have her introduce herself, Miss Rock.
2: Hi, good evening to you, good evening Dr. Lashley, good evening to your listeners. It is a privilege and an honor to be with you guys this evening, as she said, and Keisha Rock all the way from the Sun Isle Barbados, the gem of the Caribbean sea, 166 square miles, that's what we are, but we are a people who love God, a people who fear God, and today it is, it is, it's all about sharing a little bit about myself with you guys. So, yes, I'm a woman of God. I love Almighty God. I believe in his transformational power. My life is a testimony of that. And I am the founder and CEO of Kairos Professional Speaking, Training and Coaching Services, where we believe that everyone has the capacity and the ability to pursue their purpose with passion and in 2018 i released my first book and i followed that by another release which is a guide to said book and it has been a journey a wonderful journey this 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 project of mine where i can share with others about how i was able to transition from not knowing really who i was in christ not knowing the purpose and the potential that God had birthed with and to be able to share that journey with others as a tool to encourage them and to help them to recognize that their dreams and their goals are truly within their grasp.
1: Wow, that's amazing. So I want to ask you a question. What is it about your past that you find it most challenging to release? Like what, at what level? Because I know a lot of us, we grow up in a certain situation and we hold on to it, but do you find it that people are holding on more to their adolescent years, more so than their teenage years or young adulthood?
2: Well, when I think about my personal experience. It was something I went through as an adult but to get to the root of the problem, I had to go back to my childhood. And in the book, I, I I, started that journey roundabout initially from my teenage years and before because I had to go back to my relationship with my dad. And I had to release him of some things and then come forward. I had to release myself of some things as well. So... You know, persons struggle with different things, but I think one of the biggest things for me was forgiving myself. Mm. Forgiving myself. I had to let myself go. I had to allow myself to recognize that, yes, I can make mistakes, but those mistakes don't define who I am and who God has called me to be. Wow.
1: Wow. And, you know, and you're talking about this. I'm like, I'm just thinking about my past. There's so much that happened. It's like, sometimes I think we block things out so that we can forget. Have you ever had moments where you're like, okay, I don't want to remember this anymore.
2: (laughs) It's like a defense mechanism, isn't it? That automatically we push it aside. We try to ignore it. Don't acknowledge that it actually happened or took place so that, we don't have to confront it but as it is with forgiveness if we don't confront those things they continue to eat away at us they 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 affect our ability to heal to truly heal from things Mm -hmm. and as a result we are not living fulfilled lives and then we can't figure out what is it that's stopping me from going just beyond where i am because we can sense deep within ourselves that there's more, but there's a barrier. And sometimes we have to go back to address some things and then come forward. It, it was difficult because you really had to open a closet, pull some skeletons out, look them dead in, in what used to be their eyes, and say, I'm not going to allow you to hold me captive anymore. Wow. I'm going to press on, you know? And I remember saying to someone in a session that I was doing, do you, do you remember years ago when we had pictures and you had to go into the dark room? Yes. You had to go into that dark room for the process. The process to take place that would allow the beauty of the picture to come forward. It's like a butterfly in a cocoon. Mm-hmm. You have that dark face, but we don't want to go through the dark phase." Unless we do that, unless we allow the process to take its course, its natural course, and confront those things, unfortunately, we can't get to the other side and see the beauty because we will be forever haunted by the things of our past. Wow.
1: I'm just, like, thinking about some situations of my past and... Recently, I have um, started uh, writing in books and started with anthologies and initially. And it took so much for me to even start to write and tell people about my past because I went through a lot of things. And, you know, and <laughs> Dr. Cheryl will always say, Your story is about you, but it is not for you. Oh, yes, and- I agree. <laughs> <laughs> And I strongly agree with that because as I'm sitting here and I tell my story often and people are like, what do you mean? You?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, me. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I had to go through yeah. so I can help others.
2: Yes. Because, and, and the thing is, is that sometimes we look down on ourselves and we say, why me? But our Heavenly Father says, why not me? And usually wow. through the process, we discover strength we never knew we had. And while sometimes we can't see it, it is then displayed for others who need it, who say to you, but you are so strong. And it encourages them. Meanwhile, we are saying, hmm, I'm not so sure about <laughs> that strength. That strength is kind of questionable. But, but that's a testimony of it not being for us. Yes, That's a testimony of the journey and all of the things we've been through, all of our experiences not truly being for us. We benefit from it, yes, but at the end of the day, there are others who need to see that they can truly release their past. And one of the things that my book started with, and and I I say in the first chapter of the book, is that I was having a conversation with a friend who was having a difficult time with a relationship. And I said to them, you mustn't, I, these were my exact words. Don't allow the past to hold the pen that writes your future, which, was, which is now my quote. which, is, which oh. is all mine. But then it literally slapped me one time. And I was like, hmm, that wasn't for <laughs> That was really for me. Because that's what I was doing. And I allowed mm. all of the things that I went through. I, I held on to them. Some things I didn't even realize I was holding on to them. And wow. then I could not. I couldn't visualize me in the future. I couldn't visualize me pursuing dreams and and goals and going after things that I really, you know, that really God had pre-ordained
1: mm. <laughs> for me yes.
2: to walk in. You know.
1: Yes. Wow. And thinking about holding on to things as women. <laughs> We sometimes hold on to things and like, I don't want to let it go because it it is a comfort zone for me.
2: Did they so, speak the truth and, and shame the devil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it sometimes gives us, we we think it gives us permission mm. to behave a particular way. Oh yes, but yes, but it harms us, and it and it it takes away from the. From us having successful relationships, and I mm. think I think <laughs> for me in my book, I realized that I had had a lot of dysfunctional relationships because of the dysfunctional relationship, which was that that I had with my earthly father. Wow, so as a result of that, I kept searching for something and making mistakes because he never truly played the role that he ought to play and I never realized how that impacted my life. So and I, I, I had to, I had I, to release him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I find when we go searching for something, we don't find it. Nope.
2: <laughs> it's like, wait for it. <laughs> yes, and, and that was a lesson that I had to learn. And unfortunately, it took me too long to learn that lesson, but... I was able to take a journey trying to get to this point and, you know, evaluated experiences as a best teacher. So I was able then to look back and now I can share with others. And I really want to take a dive into that in my next book. You know, how our relationships with our fathers, how it's impacted us as women. That's what I'm I'm currently working on. How it has impacted us as women in our relationships. How How we do ourselves we view males, sometimes <laughs> even how we behave towards females and our and our mothers, yeah. because sometimes of those relationships. So there's there's so much yeah. to unpack. Not last actually, so but <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I <laughs> there's so much I want to say on here. My dad, I know he would kill me, but when you said those words, I'm like, it is so true because. I saw a lot growing up. Now, I love my dad to death. He is my hero. Mm -hmm. No matter what he did, you know, he was still my hero. (laughs) And, you know, whatever he and my mother went through, you know, I say that, you know, it shouldn't affect our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I didn't allow it to. But seeing things in the household, I never realized how it would impact me growing up as an adult. And the man that I would, um, you know, encounter is, and I'm like, yeah, when you said that, I was like, wait a minute, thinking back of in the household with how things were, I mean, we had a great family, but, you know, every family have issues. And I thought about the type of man I would date (laughs) or boys or whatever you want to say. It's like, (laughs) you're right.
2: (laughs) You know, and I really had to take a good look at it, but it was only after I I got to a particular point in my life and I was like, it was like an aha, aha (laughs) moment, you know? And I honestly had to release him. I I don't have contact with him. Um, You know, I, 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 I think I told this story before, but when I finished my book, for years I tried to find him. On social media platforms because he no longer lives here in Bordeaux, he lives in the UK. And I could mm. never find him. I want you to know that as soon as I finished my book, I found him. As soon Are as the series was finished. But wait, I, I reached out to him on Facebook and he added me to block me. Oh. And if I hadn't gotten to the point that I was at that would have devastated me. It would have crushed mm. me. I mean, all the adjectives you could possibly think of. But I reached out to him and I said to him, you know, this is my book. I've written this book. You can feel free to get a copy if you want to. It's available on Amazon. And I just want you to know that I forgive you. I forgive wow. you for not being the father that I think you should have been to me. And, I, you know, I have siblings who who don't even know that I exist. You know? and Wow. And he just relocated and started a new life. And I'm not the only one. He left others behind here in Barbados. And and things like that, you know, how, how his sons now may be treating their wives or their mm-hmm. girlfriends. Because they never had yeah. the example of what a father, what a role model as a male in the home should have been. So there was a lot I had to let. My daughter has never met him. She doesn't even, you know, She, I think I have one picture. I think I showed her and I said, well, oh, this is your grandfather. love yeah, my father, because she was my stepdad. So, you know, all of those things, you know, I don't think we ought to experience life like this. I don't think that's how it was meant to be. But then for us as women, when we go through these things, we try to fix our lives and make sure that we don't ever fall into that. And we end up... <laughs> we end up tripping over ourselves Mm -hmm. and i did a lot of that and hence releasing the past you know
1: wow did it take a lot for you to do because there's some hurt that you could have in your past and it's like how can you let it go i yeah it's i know you turn to god you know a lot of us do but sometimes, you know, you still be like, mm, but God,
2: I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, but for a long time, that's that's the truth. Because for a long time, I I thought I had dealt with things. Or I thought I was managing well until roundabout the end of 2017. I wow. I got to the point I could not mask it anymore. I could not pretend. I could not show up. I could not put on the and you know as a result of my my background in psychology I knew I needed help and there's a chapter in the book where I deal with your mental health matters and being aware of one's mental health and wellness is important because we need to know the signs we need to know when it's time to get help and I handpicked my counselor and I got help and that made the difference that made a big difference because the tools that I was given, the, 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 the tips, the strategies that I was given, by executing those things, I was able to come full circle. I was able to look at the things I needed to change, examine myself, examine my experience, own my feelings, and really deal with it because I was at a point where I was just I was just falling apart. I was just falling apart. And I had to make a decision. had to make a decision. For a lot of us, especially here in Barbados and the Caribbean, getting help is still very taboo. And for for many persons, they're not going to go and get help. I'm not, oh, I'm not going to tell my business to this person or to that person. But at the end of the day, I don't see it necessarily as telling your business. I really see it as healing results healing your heart, clearing your mind, mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to live. Because so many times we wear masks, and sometimes we run out of masks. Yes. Sometimes we run out of makeup. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it becomes really difficult to show up and, and, and to be yourself and to take your place in this world. It becomes really difficult.
1: Yes, it does, but we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I wanna talk about why you think that today it is still so hard for us to go and seek help when we need it. we we'll be right back.
0: Dr. Tracy Lashley is the voice of the oppressed and master of teaching the transformational steps from pain of trauma to the power of a survivor, destined for the shape-shifting ability to step into thriving beyond trauma. She has survived welfare, single parenthood, divorce, military spouse life, being broke, living with bad credit, borderline homeless, not being able to feed her children, just simply struggling to survive for her and her children. If you can relate and wish Dr. Lashley to assist you, contact her today by sending an email to info at or by going to her website at drtracylashley.info.
1: We are back. We are talking to the lovely Miss Keisha Rock in Barbados. I love saying that. (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking about mental health and people not wanting to seek help. During this pandemic, we have seen and heard a a lot of people struggling they're at home they're isolated um what what would you say to someone who just said they don't need it they don't need to talk to anyone i know you're not a mental health specialist i'm going to put that disclaimer out there but being someone who has gone through and had the experience of one you mentioned some of the things that how it helped you but if someone is in a place right now thinking that I don't want to pretty much admit that something is wrong, what would you say to them?
2: I think think it starts with being honest with yourself. Mm. I think so many times we are running from what we really know is true. And sometimes people don't recognize that it is a mental health issue. And mental health and wellness just means that in terms of your mind, in terms of your emotions, in terms of your thoughts, you are not centered, you're not at a place of peace. So people may be overeating or oversleeping, they may be withdrawing from their usual activities, they may find that they don't have much energy and think, oh, it's just fatigue and just tired. They they, may have unexplained pain and and aches in their bodies. They may be drinking and smoking and thinking it's just pleasurable, it's just sociable. And one of the things that is happening now is that without the ability to really interact with others, to go out to those places that numb what it is we're really going through and connect with those people who we think are our friends who are really our crutches to to not confront the issues that we're dealing with, it's, it's causing people now to have to deal with things that they were trying to suppress. So it's all coming to the fore. I think that's the issue. And I really must say mental health is something that's really, really, very much so on my heart. I I, I think because I've been there and I can see the signs easily because I've walked that road. I've walked that road. So there's so many people who are struggling now as a result of that.
1: You know, here in the states, um, minorities,
2: yeah,
1: um, we don't want to admit that we need to talk to someone, and for the very reason you said, oh, they're Barbados, how it is, it's like i don't tell people my business, but here it's like we're taught to, you know, what goes on in the house stays in the house. <laughs> we're taught that you don't need to go to a doctor every time you every single time you get ill, just go take some aspirin. Yeah or you know you don't need to you know you need to be a man you know men are you know just tough and they don't they you know they're men of the house they don't have to you know go out and ask nobody questions or anything and i believe that weighs heavily on our black men
2: yes it does
1: and And i think i
2: don't know the statistics but i think that with black men the statistics for suicide is probably higher than black women yeah you know, man. because they're not taught to own their feelings and emotions. To do that, you're a sissy. You're a wuss. You're yeah. a girl. Are you a girl or are you a man? Oh, you know, they're taught to yeah. man up. But mm-hmm. to me, to man up is to own your feelings. Mm. To me, to oh, man up yeah. is to express those feelings.
1: Mm, you could say it a thousand times. <laughs> 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 you know, because I have um, three sons and. I was just talking to one of them today and he, when every time something goes wrong it's like the world is coming to an end. And I'm like it's okay. It's life. Life is a roller coaster ride. <laughs> and he actually had to go and um and talk to someone before. And it really helped him. And it took him a while to get to that point, but he saw where it was okay, it was okay, and I believe he was 19 when he started talking. Mm
2: -hmm. It's it's important for him to have had that experience too, because as he grows older and he's confronted, because right now this to him is a mountain. Mm -hmm. From his perspective, whatever it was, it, it may not have been big because of our experiences, we may not be able to see it, view it through the same lens that he was viewing it through because it's his experience. But that know that he's gone through that process, know that he's been able to overcome and to navigate it, it's laid a foundation that when he's confronted with adversity in the future, he knows. Okay, hold up. <laughs> I can I can get through this. Yes, it's hard, it hurts. I'm disappointed. I'm upset, but I can overcome this. Yeah.
1: Wow. And speaking of overcoming, in your book, do you actually describe some tips that people can, you know, apply?
2: (laughs) I definitely, I definitely get into some things, especially in the participant's guide for Mm. persons who, even if you don't go through a guided program with me, with my business, that's fine. You can purchase the book and you can go through it on your own. So for instance, when we look at, at, Planning, we talk about planning, the importance of planning. Because sometimes we don't have a plan for our lives. That, that determines how we feel about ourselves and the things that we do. Yes. When we talk about our mental health now, no, that, that was a big one. Because some of the things we talked about, you know, setting the importance of recognizing what are, what are the things that are impacting us. What is our current mental state? You know, how, how are we feeling really own our feelings? Yes. what are the warning signs you know there's a checklist in the book so what are those things that apply to you really take a good look at yourself and from the checklist would you say do you have a positive or a negative mental health lists four ways you believe wow. you can implement four things you believe you can implement to maintain a positive mental health so it really causes you to think you know and when you look at your mental health, after you've looked at the definition, you, you need to look at your mental health and journal some of the signs that you currently are experiencing. And then there's a part where I ask persons to commit. And, you know, there's a signature in the day and everything. You know, I promise to seek necessary intervention to ensure I am in a place to operate at my maximum potential. Because this this, this promise, this declaration is for you to take care of you. And if you can't take care of yourself, trust me, you don't expect anybody else to do it.
1: Wow, yes, that is so crucial. And when we talk about um, journaling, I know I am one who journals a lot.
2: <laughs> I do well. <enough. laughs>
1: there are so many people who are like, you know, journaling? No, I'm not going to do that. But i find that when i journal and i actually notate you know some quick wins as well and how am i going to celebrate those wins
2: and that's so important and so many times i find we struggle to celebrate our wins it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a big celebration but Buy yourself your favorite cupcake, you know, have have a glass of your favorite drink or your just do something that's special and unique to you. Just to yes. say, you know what, I've conquered this. You know, this this really turned out in my favor, and this is just awesome. We struggle to celebrate ourselves. I don't know why, and I don't think it's a matter of not being humble, but you ought to celebrate your wings because that encourages you to pursue new things and to recognize that you can have you can have successes, you can have a life that's flourishing because not every day is the same. And I remember one year, one of the things I did is that I took these color pieces of paper, and every time something good happened to me, I can't remember where I heard it, I think it was on one of our local gospel stations. Someone shared it that they had found it somewhere, but every time something good happened to me, I recorded it and I put the date. And what I did was on the 31st of December, I emptied that jar out with all of those pieces, all of those colored pieces of paper. And I read all of the things that had happened to me, all of the wins I had had during the course of that year. So, and I think it's something really important for us to do, especially in this season, when it seems like nothing that is happening. And we tend to overlook the wins. And I think in 2021 is a perfect time we're in the second month of the year and God's lives. We have we have you like ten more to go. And you can take a jar, you can make it pretty, you can do whatever you want to do. Get your colored pieces of post-sticks and you just record when something happens. I know you guys have your little um your stores like Michael's and all those places that you can go and get all the little knickknacks. <laughs> And just just buy them, and and if you want a special pen, whatever, make that your thing. And when something good happens, you record it, you date it, and at the end of the year, look back, look back, and see that despite all that has happened, despite the obstacles, despite the adversity, some good things, because it's going to be more than one, some good things happened to me, and this still has been a good year.
1: Yes, 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 yes. You know, and, and when we're talking about goal settings in our mental health, I think about if you had those celebrations, those little small celebrations, it will, it actually does something to you on the inside.
2: It's like, man, yes, I can keep going. <laughs> it really does. It really does. It drives you. It, it gives you passion. It ignites you because you see, even if like depending on how you felt before whatever it was happened and say it was something you didn't think I I can do this this is not going to work out in my favor but you stepped out and and you pursued it and then it did work out in your favor you can set another goal you can have another plan and then you can pursue it and it gives you a little more passion to pursue that next project because you know what you're starting to build a track record And you know, <laughs> success really can be mine. I can experience success. So it changes our perspective, it shifts our mindset. And we what we focus on expands. If I focus on winning, I'm gonna start winning. That's how it works. That that's literally how it works. When we shift our mind, I'm not saying bad things aren't going to happen in between because that's life. But if we are negative all the time, you can be sure you're gonna be experiencing a lot of adversity, a lot of obstacles, a lot of stumbling blocks as opposed to when you have a winning mindset.
1: Yes, ooh, you know what? Winning mindset, yes. It, it all, everything starts with your mind. No matter what you do, the way you think is gonna have an impact.
2: Agreed. It so is- no
1: matter if you're out there trying to change yourself, change the world, if you have negative thoughts, they will eat you alive. That is so true. Because <laughs> I know, <laughs> and, and I'm actually saying that from experience because I remember being a single mother and thinking, man, the, the, I, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and the I can't, and woe is me, and there's mm-hmm. no way that I can keep going, and it's like um that. If I didn't change quickly, that would have impacted my children. Yes. And so now today, they are stronger because of the way that I stood up and said, no, I'm going to win. Yes. That this situation is not going to beat me.
2: Tracy, let me tell you a bit about, oh, apologies, Dr. Lashley. Let me tell you you a bit about my story. At the beginning of the book, I go back to my childhood, and failure was something that was not foreign to me at all. I was very familiar (laughs) with failure. And hearing your story, you know, sometimes we are around the globe so far from each other, but our stories are so much alike. And I Left what would be high school for you guys, secondary school here for me in Barbados. And I I had very little qualifications, very little. Shouldn't put an S on it, let's put it that way. (laughs) And I remember wanting more. And I didn't want to go back to school because I honestly felt too embarrassed. So I did some courses on the side. And eventually I applied to go to college. I applied to college. I could only get him for an evening part-time program. I failed at that, but I did some more courses. I applied again. I got him for a full-time day program. And during my, my, my studies at college, I got pregnant with my daughter. And I was able to finish college. I, I, I didn't have honors and all of that, but I was able to finish. And then from there I remember she was born in July and I registered for university in August. I registered with her in a town. And I was determined that I was going to be better for her. I had to be mindful of the example I was leaving for her. And and I, I tell the story of her being in the bed with me at university. I'm trying to get food statistics, which is kicking my butt at that time. And this child is a mathematician. When I see the things that she's doing, I'm like, what, what is that? She was like, oh, mom, this, this math doesn't even have numbers. It, it just has letters. <laughs> because she's doing pure math, but she's excelling. And while I left with one, she's in her final year. She has... 10 qualifications, she has another four, and she's pursuing four more before she looks to go on to university, and she, she is on a path that if she didn't see me fighting, if I wasn't trying to, to live the life that I was speaking, I couldn't set the example for her. I couldn't, because I wanted to be better for her. Not to live my life through her, but to set the example that I wanted her to follow and I, I try to do my best to do that. I can't say I, I'm successful every day, but I definitely mm-hmm. do try because at the end of the day, our kids are going to make their own choices. But what, yes. is, what is the path? What is what is the legacy that we are creating for them to, to follow on through if they choose? Because it's their choice at the end of the day.
1: Wow, yes, it is. And I had a discussion with um, two of my children Today, actually, and I was talking about, you know, there are times when, you know, I struggled and, you know, y'all didn't know it, and then they're like, "Ma, we knew." I said, "What you mean? You knew?" <laughs> they said, "We knew. We just didn't say anything."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, "Wow." So we try and hide things from our children yeah. sometimes, and <laughs> no, they know.
2: <laughs> so true. Even if they don't say anything, eventually they will. (laughs) But it's good because it means that they're observing and it also means that the the lessons are being taught. And I think it helps them to appreciate life a little more because I'm, I'm a strong believer that we learn through our experiences. And if we give them everything, if they think everything comes easy then they don't recognize the importance of having to fight for stuff. And I keep seeing this, if you you have to carry your own water, you value every drop. If you have to carry it, you value every drop. And sometimes we are guilty as parents of giving everything, and then our (laughs) kids don't have value for stuff.
1: I'm guilty
2: because you know I have my, my <laughs> but it, mind. It. But it's because of our experiences, something. Yes. That, that. You know, so sometimes we go from one extreme to the next, and it's really a difficult balance. But it's because of our stories, so it's it's not it's not an indictment necessarily. Yes, it's something to evaluate, but it happens with reason. And why am I doing this? But we have to be mindful of the example we set for them as well, because then they, they raise a generation of kids that think, oh, bam, it's not my fingers and everything happens. <laughs> and yeah. that's not
1: the case. <laughs> I remember what the granddaughter, she said, she told her mom, she's like, she wanted, uh, I think, pizza or something. And her mom was like, no, we can't have that today. And she said, call grandma.
2: I'm like, oh. <laughs> Because grandma may say happen. Yes. Yeah, I think my daughter is just same My mom doesn't say no. And
1: you know, and you know, it's it's like you raise your children and you spoil them, and you see the outcome. You're like, okay, yeah, I need to stop. But then you spoil your grandchildren even more. Definitely. You're like, okay, I need to stop, but. They go home at the end of the day. Well, no, I won't say at the end of the day because a lot of times I still keep them <laughs> over and over and over again. Many nights, they're like, well, how many more nights am I
2: staying? <laughs> they love being with my
1: Yes. Okay. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about passion and purpose. Great. Exciting. Yes. We
3: we'll are right back. Dr. Lashley is an expert team culture strategist who educates leaders on techniques to harmonize family and work life, while developing dynamic and productive teams. After being raised underprivileged becoming a single mother of two, Dr. Lashley married an army soldier who deployed to Afghanistan, Iraq, and Korea 11 times during his 20 years of service. She was forced to raise three of five children essentially alone. As a working mother and college student for 10 years, she had to find a sense of balance while juggling her children's activities and not losing herself in the process. She now helps working mothers and women in leadership positions harmonize their life while creating dynamic and productive teams at home and work. Are you ready for Dr. Lashley to elevate your teams at work and home? If so, contact her today by sending an email to info at drtracielashle or by going to her website at DrTracyLashley.info.
1: Hello, hello, hello. We are back. We are ha- here with the exciting Barbados guest, <laughs> Keisha Rock. And we were talking about her book, Releasing the Past. That you can get on Amazon. And later on, she's gonna tell you how you can purchase her book. So, you know, stay tuned. Don't turn that down yet. So, Keisha, can you tell us a little bit about how you found your passion and purpose in life?
2: Sure. Um, in 2017, as I, I think I said earlier, I was having a really, really dark moment in my life, a really dark season. And I felt hopeless and once Sunday during church um, an announcement came out about persons who were interesting interested in pursuing their purpose you know if, if you know you felt there was more that you know you had to do and you wanted to, to explore those things to meet with one of one of my mentors my pastor at the church and at that time i kept seeing all of these john maxwell quotes they were coming up from <laughs> And when we met with her, she wanted to take us on a journey using John's book. We were going to do a mastermind of fifteen invaluable rise of gold. And I remember turning up for the class the evening, and I still didn't want to be there, but I knew that's where I needed to be. So I pushed through, and I was there. And as a result of that experience, honestly, that book changed my life. And I was able to find value and purpose in my in my life. I was able to see that there was something more in me and that I could reach it. And it started to ignite something in me. In that group, I had an accountability group. We were encouraged to stop procrastinating about a lot of the things we were procrastinating about. And I remember one of those things for me was writing a book. I always joked with my friends and said, my life has been full of so much drama that I really need to write a book. And I started writing this book, but I never finished. And I was encouraged to take up this book and to finish writing it. I will tell you that I do not even remember writing some parts of this book because I think God just took it and did what he had to do. And wow. I also did, I have some poems, but I did, I did put one of the poems in the book but I realized that I had dreams that I had not pursued and it wasn't too late to pursue them. Because I think a lot of the times we think, oh, I've lived half my life already and what's the sense? But as we said earlier, our stories are not for us. Yes. Our journey is not only about us. And John Maxwell speaks about adding legs to our legacy. So mm. I, have, I have one daughter. But there are other persons that I've come into contact with that I've been able to add value to their lives and vice versa. And as a result, that creates legs for my legacy. So walking in purpose is not just about me, but for wow. single mothers who failed out of school, for single mothers who struggled, for women who've been divorced and, you know, they've had challenges in their marriages and they've had to deal with abuse or whatever the gamut of things that they had to face as a result of being able to overcome those things, I can encourage somebody else to walk in purpose because wow. I found my, I found my footing, and if I can do it, I, I just, I just keep saying if I can do it, anybody else
1: can. Yes. Wow. You got me up here like, whoa. <laughs> And you know, oh, man, the law of the mirror. Mm.
2: Ooh, that was a big <laughs> one for me because I remember writing in my journal that evening. I didn't like what I saw. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did not like what I saw. And as a, as a result of, because we had to walk with the mirror to class that evening. Wow. And we had to hold it up. And we had to talk about what we saw. And what we saw wasn't about the made-up face. It wasn't about, even if we had a little mucus in our eyes, it, it was about the reflection mm-hmm. that was coming back to you. Who who are you? Yes. What do you see when you look in that mirror? And more importantly, what is it that you show the world when you show up?
1: Mm. Oh, man, yes. Mm. That is... um. That's one of the chapters that I was like, do I really have to read this one? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that's really facing it, wasn't it? I think it, it really it really hit home. It really, really hit home for yeah. me because as I said, remember at that time it was I was masking it, but I had got to the point that I could no longer get the mask on, get the makeup on. I remember one Sunday a lady came to me in church and very friendly, nice lady. And I think she helped me I, and I didn't I didn't Or did she? whatever she did about the last I didn't see her and afterwards because I, I, I played things over in my head afterwards I played and it and I had to go to her afterwards like a week or two later and I had to apologize because where I was at that point in time I could not respond to her like I normally would but she not necessarily knowing what I was going through I wasn't sure how she received what I did But I couldn't give any more. I had nothing left to give. I was spent. I was worn. I was hurt. I was crushed. I was was just devastated. I was tired of life. Honestly, I was tired of life. Because during that same year, I had surgery. And I remember going to the doctor and he said, Well, I hope you don't have have any more kids. And I was like, Mm -hmm. it was a bit it was said, you wow. know? And when you have plans for your life, especially when you've gone through certain things and you say, okay, well, I can still be married and I can still, you know, finally have another child, and then you're hit with this, it's like, "Wow!" So I went through what I went through and then dealt with that, and it felt like it was the worst time in my life. But I will say to you that in January of 2018, my grandfather died on the 31st of January. The book is dedicated to him, actually. I finished it just before his birthday. Um, and, and if it, if I had not gone through what I went through, what I thought was taking everything out of me, on the 31st of January 2018, I, I, this is the right thing. My heart broke into a million pieces, and I don't think we can ever be put back together again, not as it was because he was my world. I thought he was going to live forever and I didn't even get to take his life, you know? So, but going through that process, that wasn't able to to shake me like it would have had I not gone through the process, had I not started to heal from the things that were impacting me from before. So whenever we think we are in hell, hmm, It literally is preparing us for another step. And and the other step is usually harder, you know?
1: Yes, that is so true. Wow. So what is one thing you would tell people about letting go of their past?
2: It's for your healing. It's for your healing because you usually think it's about the other person, but it's not it's about us because when we don't forgive when we take our past along with us we are so heavy we are weighed down and it means that we can't live like we can't soar if we're being held back
1: oh yeah
2: we can't soar if we're being held back and so many times we are weighed down we are sometimes Tied down and bound by the things that we've been, going, we've been going through, things we've gone through in our past. So, let it go. For me, it was letting it go to God and getting help. So I, I I intertwined the two, the secular and the spiritual, because while I chose a pastor to be my to be my counselor, he was not within the church setting. He happened to be a pastor, <laughs> but he. He didn't only counsel people within the realms of the word. And it was, it was a mixture for me. And as a result, I was able to find the healing. I was able to literally and figuratively let go of a lot of things that I held on to, things that I didn't even realize were impacting me. So your healing, your release, is for you to be able to walk in purpose. And that's why I, I, I go down saying don't allow the past to hold the pen that writes your future.
1: Wow. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, wow. So what is it that you want people to know about you, Ms. Keisha Rock, before we end the show and how can they get your amazing book and how can I get in touch with you if they wanted to?
2: What I want persons to know about me, <laughs> I am a fighter. I think I have to own that. I'm a fighter, and the worst thing you can do is tell me that I can't, because mm. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to do it, you know. And I love a challenge, and my life has been a challenge. So as a result of that. You know, it's, it's created that fighting spirit within me. It's created that, that passion and that drive, which I love sharing with others because it's not only about sharing my story, but it's about showing persons you can, you can. It's well within your grasp. You know, failure is not final. That's the story of my life. Failure is not final. And for persons to get in contact with me, you can reach out to me through my website, www.kyrosproservices.com, www.kyrosproservices.com. You can find me on Instagram, kairos Professional Services, and definitely you can find me on those two platforms and reach out to me there. With regard to my book, it's available on Amazon, Released in the Past, Building Beauty from Brokenness by Keisha Rock. It's available in Kindle as well as in the paperback. So you can order it here for sure.
1: Wow, fantastic. Okay, so K Ross is spelled K A
2: I R O S.
1: Okay, so K A I R O S Pro Services.
2: Yes, please stop. Okay. (laughs) I was like, okay, we didn't tell them how to spell it. (laughs) And you know what? Kairos just means that no is the time, it's the opportune time. It's a word we use, but my daughter is part of her name. And funny enough, it's part of my father's name. And no is the time. Yes. Wow, that is beautiful.
1: Yes, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. I have really enjoyed the conversation,
2: it was amazing. Thank you. For the opportunity.
1: <laughs> yes, so. Yes, we need to collaborate and do some things together.
2: Definitely, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely agree. You know, we have similar, similar stories, and there's so yeah. many persons who, who I think can benefit from us, you know, sharing our experiences and just just adding value and encouraging and motivating others. Yes.
1: So you guys reach out to Keisha Rock Barbados. I will see you next
3: week same time same place thank you for listening to when they hear us where dr tracy hines lashley and her guests provide stories and experiences this is also a platform for authors to encourage empower and equip people around the world with their voice to learn more about dr lashley and her quest to share the voice of powerful writers go to her website at drtracylashley.info. You may also contact her by sending an email to info at drtracylashley.com. Remember to always intentionally walk in your purpose and strive to elevate to significance.